Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives. And if we're lucky, let us glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and I I just can't say it any other way. Happy Thanksgiving. We're releasing this podcast the week of Thanksgiving. I've been trying to figure out how to say it best since some of you will hear it around Thanksgiving and some of you will hear it like months after. But anyway, you know, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. This week, we're going to hear from Alex Trimble of Two Door Cinema Club and Adrian Lenker and Buck Meek of Big Thief. All three of them describing these instances where they heard music that like shifted their perspective and led them to have, I mean, let's call them what they are, epiphanies. Epiphanies about what music could do and what they wanted to do with music. Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know that you'll be hearing lots of music in this episode, though never full songs. But if you hear a song and it piques your interest and you'd like to hear like the whole song, then head on over to the page for this episode at kutx.org. We'll have a Spotify playlist there with all the songs that we reference on this show, or at least all of the ones that are on Spotify, so that you can hear all the songs all the way through. Okay, so let's get started with Alex Trimble of Two Door Cinema Club. He is the lead singer and songwriter of the band, and they just released their newest record, Game Show, in October. And the record, it's a bit of a departure from their earlier work. It's less about guitars and more about, like, amazing synth sounds. And Alex Trimble explores the upper reaches of his vocal range, like, a la Prince, And they really do what you want a band to do on their third record. They take chances, and it pays off. It really works. Right before they released the record, they came and played the Austin City Limits Music Festival. And while they were here, Alex sat down for a chat with our own Taylor Wallace. And he told her about a record that showed him or, like, reminded him that he was free to write the kind of songs and make the kind of record that he wanted to. So here he is, Alex Trimble. You know what? The last kind of transformative musical experience I had was about two, three years ago, I picked up Beck's Midnight Vultures. Beck is one of those guys, he's always been around like since I was a kid even, you know, yeah, like yeah, in the yeah. mid-90s. And uh, so I've always, I've been aware of him, but I never like 
got back. I dug, you never dug in. Yeah, right. yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I think I, I heard a song on like a TV commercial or something. And yeah. I was like, what is that? And it was back and I got, I got the, the record, Midnight Vultures. I think it was Sex Laws. It just blew my mind. Like, yeah, that's my favorite Beck record, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the fact that it just kind of solidified this um, dream that I had in, in my head about music, that there really are no rules in terms of what you, where you can go, what you can do, you yeah. know? Like, you know, like songs like, you know, Deborah. It's like this skinny, nerdy white dude trying to be Prince, and he's pulling it off. I met you. It's just amazing. Like as an artist, you can kind of get put in a box by other people, or you can sure. put yourself in your own box, and you kind of you become comfortable with what you're doing, and you stick with that, and you kind of. A lot of artists will end up repeating themselves because it's, mm -hmm. it's it's almost scary to go somewhere else sometimes. Yes. And then uh, this record just. I just forgot all of that instantly, and I was like, I can go anywhere I want, I can do anything I want, you know? And he's like the paragon artist of that too. I mean, like everything he's done, he's done. Yeah, from record to record. It's, it's just, just totally different. And yeah. he does it so successfully. Midnight Vultures is so different from Sea Change, is so different from Mellow Gold, Yeah, is so different from the songbook that he put out and had other artists play yeah. the song and make the record for him. Yeah, for me, it came at the perfect time. So we finished touring at the end of 2013. Uh -huh. And we, we, hadn't, we hadn't played, we hadn't, I, I kind of, just wanted a break from everything you know we've yeah. been we've been so immersed in the life of the band the playing the music the making music everything and um i needed to get away from it because it was it was kind of crushing my spirit a little bit right because it, after you know I, I do this because i love it but uh -huh. it's, too much of a good thing is it's gonna break you you know so after a while i knew that i wanted to get back in but i needed a way back in and uh I had kind of like lost confidence in myself because I hadn't written songs in so long and mm -hmm. I, I needed I needed a direction or some kind of guidance and some way to help me get back to writing music again because I didn't know what direction I was going to go in uh -huh. and um, like I said before this record was just told me you can go in what any direction you want you know and so from then I just started writing anything and everything I didn't mm -hmm. it didn't have to be this one thing you know because we we never stick to exactly what we do as a band uh -huh. like there's there's not like a set formula in terms of like this guy plays that instrument you know whatever right and i collect instruments as well i collect guitars oh. and i collect synthesizers uh -huh. and i had all this stuff and I, I always mess around in it but it was almost like i would never dream of bringing some of that weird stuff into what we do as a band because sure. it's like it doesn't belong there i love the mini moog like that's okay. one of, like the class uh -huh. like it's like the classic sound from so many records mm -hmm. from hip-hop to funk to pop and when we were making the record some of the other stuff that i was getting into was really synth heavy kind mm -hmm. of when synthesizers became the whole band on records kind of early to mid 80s mm -hmm. even even late 70s you sure. know stuff like mccartney too when he was doing like temporary secretary and all of that crazy stuff and um i was listening to a load of early madonna 
lot of Madonna, okay. Yeah, yeah, like Madonna and like a virgin, uh -huh. those records. Like the Nile Rogers produced record, I can't remember which one of those it is, but it's just phenomenal, like the sounds on there. Uh, a lot of Prince. crazy and um, so my favorite kind of synthesizers are from that era okay and I collect those and drum machines and all that kind of stuff so um, there's definitely a lot of that sound okay on on the new record you know we've always kind of deviated in places on the record but they tend to kind of hold together there's there's sure. always some kind of and I think there is there's there is some kind of uh, cohesiveness on this record like the songs do kind of feel part of a whole but we kind of just pushed everything a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. And it works, and then you can push it a little farther next exactly. time, a little further. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the more you do it, the further you can go. That's the thing. So, have you gotten more in, into any of his any other Beck albums or his other like flavors? We'll call them. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Mellow Gold. I love morning phase. Woke up this morning. I really like the acoustic stuff that he does because when you've got an artist that can go so far out there, it's amazing to know that they can come straight back to almost bare bones and just sure. break it down and he can be just as good on an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. singing along with it as he can when he's throwing samples and beats and all of this yeah. crazy production and things <laughs> he can do it both ways and you know, that's the hallmark of a great artist, a great songwriter. Well, and it's interesting because he's able to take the samples and turn it into something that's like dirty and weird, like something on Mellow yeah. Gold or something that's like trapped out, like wow. Absolutely. And yeah. awesome. So what do you, can you, do you foresee how, how, how all of this is coalesced and like what the next step is? Or are you just trying to write out where you're at right now? Well, for us? Yeah. Or for uh, you, for you for, personally or? Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, I haven't stopped really. You know, we finished mm -hmm. we finished the record, um, and before when when we finish a record or we finish recording, you, I just kind of stop. I'm out of that mode and I'm back into whatever we're doing, promoting the record or touring. And but this time, I just haven't stopped making music, and I'm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of just set me on this roll, and I'm just like uh, trying new stuff all the time, and. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep st get together soon and try and write together as a band. Like mm -hmm. um, even though we we're, we're not aiming towards a certain pur purpose, you know, right? Like the um, because that 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 that's what kind of um, made us lose our love for it a little bit before, because it became more like a job, and it's like right, you're doing this now, and then it's time for touring, and it's mm -hmm. time for making a record, and you compartmentalize everything, but. Mm -hmm. um, if you're gonna if you're gonna come up with the best stuff, if you're gonna have that um, that creativity all the time, you need the freedom to be able to do that. You sure. Know, rather yeah. than just waiting and then you've got a two month period to go and make a record. That's just mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's not conducive to like your best work. It just isn't. We've got the time. 
decisions from the new two-door cinema club record game show and man i like hear it i hear it on this record the influence of not only beck but of like madonna and nile rogers and how great is it that beck inspired alex to stretch himself artistically to try new things and that that inspiration has had like this lasting effect he's still writing even after the record was done i mean I guess it's like Beck really just has fun with music. And Alex was able to see that and tap into it and tap into his own sense of fun and joy when it came to music. And that's just beautiful. If you liked hearing Alex Trimble describe how inspired he was by the music of Beck, then please take a minute and head over to iTunes or Stitcher or the podcast app or wherever you get your podcast, and become a This Song subscriber. That way you'll get new episodes delivered right to you as soon as they come out. And while you're there, we'd love it. I mean, we would really love it if you'd leave a rating or a review. All right, now on to Adrian Linker and Buck Meek of the band Big Thief. They hail from Brooklyn, though they do have a connection to Austin, Texas. I mean, they played the opening of Radio Coffee and Beer here in town. And Buck is from Wimberley, which is practically Austin. I, if you're not from Austin, you may not know that like people being from Austin, it's a big deal for us. Anyway, they have a new record out called Masterpiece. And we've been playing their song, Paul, here at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast. And like every time I hear that song, my heart breaks a little and my eyes fill with tears. It, it just gets me, you know? They came through town to play Utopia Fest, and while they were here, they stopped by Studio 1A, our live performance space here at the station, to perform. And afterwards, Adrian and Buck told me about songs that, like, tweaked their perspectives on music and helped them see that they could approach it a little differently. So here they are, Adrian Linker and Buck Meek. Well, this song called The Lean Over by a band called Life Without Buildings. If I lose you, if I lose you, if I lose you, if I lose you, When I first heard that song, I freaked out and felt felt all this euphoria, like I was on drugs or something. It was just like, <laughs> I got a high from listening to the song. I mean, I got to hear this story about the first time that you heard it, that it sounds like, I mean, I'm, I know the reaction, but like, were you guys in the van? How did you come across this song? Actually, conveniently, we were we were recording Masterpiece. We were right in the midst of it. And we often will just put on music in between recording takes or like listening to stuff just to kind of cleanse our palate. And James put on this song and uh, we just had a ball. It was, (laughs) it's so, it's, it's really, really unique. I've never heard anything like it. The band is so solid and really together and they're just, um, just playing this stuff that's cruising along and it's got a really 90s sound like a 90s so it's guitar driven yeah it's guitars and bass and drums and she's just improvising over the whole thing 
she's just she's a spoken word artist and a poet and she's just like she just has the coolest voice and she's got there's something about it that's really really free and like really present like she's reacting to this whatever's going on it just builds on itself and um, and then the more you listen to it too like the first thing that came across to me was just how fun it was but then over time I started finding depth in the lyrics and and having um, having some of the lines stuck in my head and thinking of just discovering the meaning a little bit more there's this point in the song where she starts talking about contact and it just and then she's like riffing on that. Like the first, she says, the first, the last, the only contact. Boom, contact, contact, that's the way. First, your last, your only contact. Oh, 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 contact, first, the last, the only. Bounce, twelve, and I'm trade. But it's just some really uh, stream of consciousness. But she's masterful at it because she's taking the stream of consciousness and like all the all this stuff and uh, she's just it's not it's not ever too much and it's there's still clarity in it there's still a lot there's like a lot of clarity and intention in it even though she's improvising which I just think is so cool do you think when you heard life without buildings was it just that you had a good time or was there something that like something that kind of changed or tweaked tweaked inside of you like you were in the process of making this yeah. record do you think that you know going back into the studio after hearing that or just hmm. like performing live do you think anything yeah it popped a bubble it, what's that it popped a bubble it it yeah it just um it was it was deep sense of fun because yeah i think fun is a really deep thing to really be having fun and and like that's <laughs> that's if if you're not having any fun you got to do a little check-in sometimes, especially if you're playing music. I had so much fun listening to it, and then I thought, wow, I can just be free. I can just... It doesn't always need to be, you know, every line is perfectly sculpted and there are no no extra words. That I guess I've been a little afraid to jump out of that box, and hearing that made me feel like actually sometimes it doesn't matter what you're saying if you're pushing out that energy. It feels like she's really pushing. She's like, she's, yeah, she's popping the bubble of this film that just, you could just be coated with just being alive and collecting layers as you're getting older and forgetting about who you are. And, and it's really nice because I feel like she's just pushing right through it. Reminded me to do that, so I was definitely meditating on that while I was singing for this record masterpiece. When I was singing Vegas for our record, I had way more. I had that song going in my head. Not that song specifically, but it was like transformed into how would it be if that's how the rhythms on Vegas were, or like if that's what the energy that I was bringing. 
and I want to just repeat words, but it was this restraint that I was using in order to just sing those lyrics and just sing the song. But all of that energy was packed in there. having to come out of just a couple words okay. like all yeah. of the energy of all those words but you're like I am they're super focused hyper focused into these yeah a few words yeah so to answer your question yes about a point in which my perspective on music changed drastically, at least in the last few years in my most recent knowledge. It was, it's like, it has to do with the realization of using like oblique strategies to paint a bigger picture, specifically with lyrics, I suppose, which then maybe translates into instrumental, into my instrumental playing as a guitar player, but it's, it's like more literal and easy to understand lyrically. And I think a big part of that realization for me was first hearing um, Michael Hurley. My friend Julie Holland showed me a Michael Hurley record. And I don't remember what, what was the first. I think the first thing I heard of his was um, Oh My Stars. Like in that song, the last verse is See that spider going up the wall. He's going up there to get his ashes hauled. See that spider going up the wall. He's going up there to get his ashes hauled. He's taking that trip along the mighty top. He's learning them ladies. old spider around. And then the chorus is, Oh my stars, how you undo me. literally are like very separate things a spider on the wall and then this like cosmic idea yeah and his songs are so rich with with those juxtapositions that in my in my experience they intensify each other you know like the juxtaposition between this cosmic idea and the chorus and these like very earthly scenes very like specific earthly scenes they intensify each other and give depth you yeah know? i mean just as our experience is constantly between those two polarities did it then like affect the way that you wrote? Yes, I, I at that point immediately fell in love with it and started integrating it into my writing. I found it to be really liberating, actually. Yeah. I found it to be like realizing that you can say something completely off subject from like what your main subject is. You can say something that intensifies the meaning of your main subject, but you're not limited to like the content of your main subject. So your your palette is so much bigger. I don't want the blues always on my shoulder. Get me a cold beer as I get older. I mean, well, you said that it, it you understood this lyrically, but then you also said that it affected your guitar playing or mm -hmm. how you approach your instrument. Or I think so, so. How did that? It's harder for me to describe how that works, but 
for instance, we have this song Shark Smile that isn't available yet on any recordings, but it's coming on our next record. And the song is about these two lovers in their in their car and and by the end of the song there's a car crash. Um and when I was trying to come up with a guitar part, I decided through like deliberately meditating on on this idea of like trying to come up with something that's a little off the center of like instead of playing the song the whole time and trying to come up with like a riffy part for the whole tune instead I just came up with this one part that sounds like really Mexican at the very end and like really distant as if like the car crashed and like the Mexican radio that was coming in like on the AM kind of low and the you know and fuzzy was just like still playing with the car like flipped upside down it's not always that literal either i think it probably also just like integrates into your subconscious to to think obliquely which I think yeah, is really healthy you know? yeah i think any anything that gets you kind of like stepping away or behind mm. or to the side and coming at it from a different way just kind of it's just a benefit yeah. to everyone sure you know? yeah and it and it helps you fall back on your instincts instead of your you know so it kind of like you you can kind of talk yourself out of the ego thing and yeah. then go into like a more primal part of your brain i think so oh the last time i saw paul i was horrible and almost let him in but i stopped and caught the wall and my got dry so all I did was take him for a spin yeah we hopped inside my car and I drove in circles round the freight train yard and he turned the headlights off then he pulled the bottle out and then he showed This is Paul by Big Thief. Like I said, everything about this song. Her voice, his guitar playing, the subtle way the rhythm section interacts, it all just gets me. Kind of in the same way that Life Without Building song exhilarated Adrian. Like, although that made her really happy and this makes me really sad, but you know, it's like the same thing. It just captures the emotion. And Buck's guitar solo on this song, like, for real, go listen to it. It's actually a great example of what he talks about when he talks about approaching music from an obtuse angle. I mean, it's not so much a guitar solo as it is like a plea, a wail, a sigh mixed with a cry. I'm telling you, it is something different. And you know, listening to all three artists talk, I'm just reminded that like, Yes, music, it can be anything. You can do anything. And I don't know. I was trying to find a Thanksgiving angle, and maybe that is my Thanksgiving angle. I am thankful to these artists for sharing these stories because it reminds me that music is a place you can go to create whatever it is you need to create. I don't care if that sounds cheesy. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. 
The interview with Alex Trimble was recorded by Jack Anderson, and the interview with Adrian Linker and Buck Meek was recorded by Cliff Hargrove. Taylor Wallace, you heard her in that interview with Alex Trimble. She's also on the air every Saturday from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., and she curates our Instagram account. She does a great job. Our handle is at this on KTX. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb for everything they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own excellent hard proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts. Austin Music Minute, Minor Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.